Hour, and I'm your host, Miss Ruby V, and I am here right now with Amadeus 360. It is so great to have you here with us. How are you doing today? I'm good, good. Ready? Yes, that's wonderful. So take a moment to just, you know, let our audience know, you know, all about you. What do you have going on right now? And where are you from? Well, I'm originally from the Deep South. I was born in uh, Little Rock, raised more in Dallas, Texas. And uh, I've been here, though, probably more than half my life in the NYC area since I was very young. Okay. Um, so, I mean, a lot of people, they're like, nah, you're not really, you know, I get that, you know. But anyway, um, yeah, I got a new album out, NPC Jedi. It's my third project. Um, my first like solo uh production, I did like the premiere thing, you know, P Rock premiere thing. And uh my first one was with Rusty Jooks on Duck Down. You know, we had a bunch of people on that one. And then my second one was with, with my brother Terminology. You know, we had uh it was uh Amadeus uh three it's called uh, Terminology Amadeus three sixty. So yeah, pretty dope album. We had everybody, Sky Zoo, Smith and Wesson, a lot of people. Real dope album. So now I went ahead and took it out on my own this time. I was starting a, a second project with terminology, but you know, things, the timing wasn't right. So we uh, you know, we're good, we're gonna get back to that project very soon. We're gonna start on that one. But this project is pretty extensive. It's uh, it was originally it was thirty three, made thirty three tracks, um, and uh, eighteen videos. Wow! So we we you know we the other one has the other half has like Ed O G, you know, Skangsta Rap Mart. There's a lot of people on the other one, and uh, but this album eighteen tracks, thirteen videos. Um, you know, I'm at the MOP camp. That's where I really got started through MOP. Oh, wow. Okay. 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 Yeah. I actually, um, did speak to, uh, Billy Dance one time. Oh, you talked to Billy? Yeah. yeah I got to interview him a little while ago. Well, it, it's been a few years, but definitely. Oh my gosh. He was so cool. So yes. I mean, good energy. Very good energy. Yeah. Bill is, yeah. He's something else. Yes, yes, he was definitely very funny, very, very good guy. So yeah, I definitely enjoyed speaking with him. So um, yeah, that's what's up. So what part of um, you say New York? What what part were you from? Well, I'm in Brooklyn. <laughs> I mean, I lived you know since you know '90s. I I've lived all over, but mainly Brooklyn, Flatbush, East New York, um, lot a lot of places in Brooklyn. Okay, okay. And I mean, you know, it, it, I was just reading your bio, and you say that you started in the 90s. And you know, I mean, you got a chance to, you know, meet a lot of people like you say, you met the fat boys. And it just sounded like you were right there, like in the where everything was going on, you know what I'm saying? So I mean, like, that's really, really dope. You know what I mean? Um, And you got a chance to be 
mentored by Kid Capri. Like, what was that experience like? Um, you know, I was introduced to him by Nick Wiz. You know, that's Rock N's producer, one of Rock N's producers, and uh, we got real tight. And he introduced me, and for a minute, we were really kicking it. You know, like, Kid was really the real reason I was able to, like, get more confident. You know, he was teaching me some stuff. And being around him and seeing that little world and being inside, it really helped me believe in myself because it was pretty much after I played one track for him, he told me I came a long way in a short period. So, and I felt really good about that. And, uh, I just haven't looked back since. It's been a minute now, so yeah, wow. that's really really dope. Well, I mean, the cool thing about it is, I mean, uh, do you feel like just having so many influences and everything like really kind of contributed to the artist that you are today? I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm a producer's producer, so you know, break uh, you that know, down. Producer, break that down for us. I mean, you know, it's cliche. You know, you don't want to you know, start looking arrogant and over time. Like there is like a, you know, you have a difference in type of production and I'm a producer, producer. I do things the producer way, you know, the real producer. I can, you know, I don't, we don't take the shortcuts. We, we get creative. We do everything by hand. You know, I produce like Pete, Pete Rock, Large Pro, you know, my brother Premier, you know, people I've gotten to actually I know and work with before, you know. Um, so when I say I'm a producer's producer, I'm like in that league of like, you know, producer producers. You know, I've got a lot of names, um, some big names under my belt that have been in the game a long time. You know, G-Rap. You know, uh, you know, of course, you know, I got this new Nemesis on the record, Sticky Fingers from Onyx. So I a lot of people. Wow. Wow. That's really dope. So your new album is called NPC Jedi. So what was the inspiration behind your album? Um, You know what I wanted to do? I wanted to try my hand, you know, you know, I'd already done a, like I say, I, you know, it's always an honor when, a, when any body notable wants to work with just one producer for a whole project. Mm -hmm. um, most rappers, they always go looking for different producers to do an album. And, um, you know, I started with Rusty, dug down. Rusty hadn't done much. You know, he hadn't had a deal in a minute. And then they signed us once they heard the album. You know, and I did all of the tracks, all 10 of the tracks. And, um, you know, terminology being the name he is, you know, him, Static Selector, that whole ST, you know, D Quark Squad and, and Rock Nation. I got in that family because it's like MOP, you know, they're all in this circle. Raz Cash, everybody knows each other. Mm -hmm. You understand? So it was a no-brainer. You know, me and Term just decided to start, started to think that we could just do a whole, you know, album. It was pretty successful. So, you know, we had Sheet Looch, of course, you know, MOP on that record. One with Fame, you know, Smith and Wesson, Sky Zoo. We had a lot of people. Um, Raz Cast was a lot. So, and I was able to pull that off. You know, everybody's like, nothing sounds the same. And I give people that feel 
that different producers produce the the record. Mm. And, and and you know that that is very rare, especially in these days of times where everything does. <laughs> I mean, you know, I hate to Isn't say they it. sound the same. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it really I, does. Know, like, mm. yeah, everything sounds the same. Yeah, that's well, that's because. The, the also, you know, like I said, I don't want to knock these kids. I'm more against actually the lyricism is where my biggest issue is. But um, you know, the uh the production is very simple now and it doesn't um, you know, there's a different meaning behind what you know, we're from the era of being extremely lyrical, creative, and the beats just had to be just totally different than one another. You couldn't sound like somebody else. Well, you know, it's different now. It's not the case. It's like the rapper is what has to stand. He has to stand out against the background, which is the beat. The beat is in the background now. It's not the forefront. It's kind of like some type of soundtrack. You know, I asked the even much younger guys, you know, to explain to me what the drill, you know, was, you know, what's the trap? And they tell me it's not even about the music, that it's about the image of the MC, the, well, not MC, the rapper. So that is a little different for me because like it, you know, you're required to get in there and really master. And now it's this 135, 140 BPM hi-hat thing going on. Everybody's copying somewhat the South because I really don't want to give the South because Trap did not sound like what it sounds like now. That's not at all. It was actually called Crunk. I remember. You know, T.I., Jeezy, that's that's crunk and trap. You know, I, I don't know really, I don't even know really where the origins of this new sound, what they're calling trap comes from, because it's really not Southern. I, I don't really know where that came from. Yeah, like they, they kind of went off on like their own tangent, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, the whole world does it too. Like I just saw like they got Korean trap of, you know, I saw Iranian. They've got Middle Eastern trap. It's it's a real, yeah. They the whole world is doing it. You know, original trap was, you know, that's really an Atlanta thing. And the South just had crunk, and crunk music came in different type of forms because you had, you know, eight ball, eight, you know, eight ball MJG, you know, uh, the Ghetto Boys, and then Florida had that whole sound that they had with like 95 south yeah yeah you know dj magic mike the south had a very varied sound you understand so i don't know where to i don't know that it's i've had this conversation with a lot of people you know with a lot of people a lot of famous people and you know and it's just odd nobody really can pinpoint how and when it uh you know it changed over Right, 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 right. Definitely. So do you think like with the newer artists, do you think it's something like, because I often think like, you know, sometimes like the younger artists and the older artists kind of be like at odds because they really don't understand each other. But what do you think that like the older and younger artists can like learn from each other? Well, you know, you can't be closed minded and not listen to what the boys are talking about. Um, you know, it's it. There is a big disconnect. I can't admit that. Like, uh, 
as far as like uh there's like this each generation we came up like we grew up on you know your Shaka Khan's and your Marvin Gaye's and you know you, you know you heard your parents playing the Temptations and these are the things that eventually went on to be sampled by my time so uh just like uh you know Big did Juicy you know that was M2 Man you know I was a little kid when M2 Man dropped Juicy but it was being played in my household the difference is they you know you grew up hearing the music that your generation was sampled you were very familiar with previous music that either was somewhat before you or when you were a child and your parents were playing it. That disconnect is completely, I talk to them all the time. I mean, I'm in studios with a lot of drill artists and they don't know any of this stuff. Yeah. I was in, um, I was with Pop, one of Pop Smoke's producers and, you know, I sat and listened to some of the stuff that he, you know, and it, it really surprised me. Like they're they're sampling stuff that was actually remakes already. Like SWV did right here. And that had Michael Jackson human nature in the sample, but they sampled the SWV version that they it's it's different. They it's don't even know the origin of where it came from originally. Yeah, we're original with it. We just grabbed the record and flip it. Right. You know, I've never seen a somebody samples somebody that sampled something already. It's very different. Lotto, that new Lotto stuff, she has a couple of those. I, I was like, this is a remake of a remake. I don't know. I don't know. You know, I think that it's like a um it, it's 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 almost like every 20 years the new generation gets a fast a fascination. I mean, it's even like with uh, um with music and fashion, think about it. In the nineties, I remember a time where you know, I mean, of course, like people were, you know, if they were, uh, music sampled a lot of the stuff from like the seventies and everything, and that's what we grew up listening to. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. the fashion started emulating like the seventies. I can remember myself even wearing some of that stuff back then. Okay, but now, now is a fascination with what, like the nineties and all of that. Well, um, that's weird. Yeah. I don't know if it's because like that's, you know, because we're like the parents now and that's where their knowledge may stop because it doesn't go back further than maybe that previous generation or I don't know what that is, but it's just fascinating to me that that's just. It, it, it's, it's different though. It's different now because like uh, I, I can definitely see why like we didn't go through phases where in you know we weren't walking around in late 80s and early 90s trying to be like the 70s what's going on is i get a lot of young because i have a lot of young people mostly that listen to my music mm -hmm. and um they all tell me the same thing that they're tired of what's out mm -hmm. and what it is is i've had these kids oh i wish i was born in the in the 90s it just cracks me up and stuff because this mute, this is real hip hop. I get that constantly. And it's because they're born into this generation where everything is fast food. What? This is the fast food generation. So yeah. So and they're not getting what we had, which was authentic music that lasts, that 
you know, we you're right. Like the early 2000s, when stuff started to flip, what's interesting to me, I was in Thailand at the end of last year. I spent uh, like three weeks in Thailand. And, um, you know, I would, you know, you would hear like some of the trap stuff and some drill stuff like being played in the background at clubs mm -hmm. and stuff in these bars and stuff in Thailand. Mm -hmm. But like you would walk mostly like through these malls and stuff. And it amazed me that all you would hear was like Wu-Tang. That's big. So cool. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> very interesting that it's an era of music that just does not seem to go anywhere. And shout out to Ghost, Shaheen, one of my brothers. Um, they they they're staying on top right now. They're like, you know, they got that whole mini series that's on on uh, what Netflix Hulu. or whatever. Yeah, the Hulu, Hulu, Hulu. Uh -huh. And um, it's interesting to me that all that stuff when all that snapback music and that you know, and that 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 era came out, that stuff is not being played. It's it's forgotten about. It's funny to me that like. Uh, that whole mid 2011, 2015 period with, yeah. with Ray Schremer and that stuff, you don't hear it at all. It's like those genres come, they leave and they're gone. But the stuff that was original, creative, pop, biggie, you know, main source, Pete Rock Seal, it amazes me that you go places. I go to bars in Manhattan. That's what they're playing. They'll play that in the background. It's just amazing to me. And it's it's because real music has a way of, uh, it stays around. It just stays around. It's like Bobby Bird said. He says all that other bull crap is, is fickle. And, it, and it, it'll, it'll die out and people won't even remember it. But real music will last. Hmm. And that's something um, I'm telling you. It, it, and, and that really is uh, very truthful. And that's what I would say that would make you a legend. Because, you know, when you really have like music that really, really lasts like that, that's what really, you know, to me, is like the determining factor. Like, you know, do you have something that's going to be timeless? It's going to be, like you said, like, 30 years later, and I can't believe I'm saying that, that that was like 30 years ago. I'm like, wow. Uh, <laughs> but is it, you know, is it still going to be like at the kids 30 years from now going to be listening to you? Because I, like my niece, she, she, she said the same thing um, to me that, you know, young kids say to you like, oh, I wish, you know, I was back in the 90s. That seemed like, you know, they talked about this and love and they don't do that anymore. And, you know, it, it's, 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 you know, it's timeless music. So, I mean, it's not even just the music, also. It was also, uh, is that what a lot of them don't understand is, uh, you know, concert tickets didn't cost two thousand dollars and or started a minimum of three fifty. And, uh, the artists were far more accessible. And, uh, you know, back in the day, you might run into special ed, you know, you might run into Rob Bass you know, LL, you know, if you're on Jamaica Avenue, you might see, you know, run DMC. And um, also you had to have a, you know, there was a requirement that you be exceptionally talented. You had to be exceptional, meaning 
you like right now the what's happened is technology has allowed talentless people I, mean, I don't mean just in music period and one thing i always noticed all people love to be noticed everybody wants to be validated for something but very few people are actually talented and if you watch like american idol and stuff those contestants they come in they're those young people they're delusional like they'll come in because their sister told them that they could sing because they heard them in the shower very interesting and then when they start singing you know Simon and them they're like this they're like what are, who told you well what's happened technology has allowed people's insecurities to be put on camera what they'll do is they'll okay well I can't I'm I'm unattractive so I'm not pretty I'm not handsome I can't sing I can't dance but I can you know, uh, lip sync to a song and fart into a microphone and make people laugh. Right. And millions of people go nuts over it. But then what happens, just like the guy with the, uh, remember the uh, Fleetwood Mac, the, 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 the guy that was on the skateboard drinking ocean spray to the Fleetwood Mac song? Yeah. Where is he? Where is this guy? God, I <laughs> no clue. He got millions of views and was this celebrity for a good straight three months. Where is it? Because the truth is, in 1990, nobody would have ever seen or cared about somebody drinking ocean spray while lip syncing a popular song on a skateboard. It just didn't exist. You could not be famous for that. Well, now people are being famous for being famous or being notable. You know, I saw one um one girl, she's uh she's uh she had the largest lint collection in jars. Can that buy me again? Wait, what? She had a lint, a dryer lint collection. Oh Lord. <laughs> and I mean, you know, so that's where we are. You know, me <laughs> that's where we are. It's where we are, and I've just accepted it. You know, it, it was frustrating. I just made a comment on Instagram, and, and Kid Capri was he always watching, and he liked it, and a bunch of other people, you know, about, you know, they say some of the older ones are bitter. We're not bitter. It's frustrating to watch you, you know, have a craft and a talent, and this has nothing to do with the fact that you're not talented and your stuff isn't good. It's just you watch other people compete with you, that don't have talent. And because they did something like, you know, lick, lick some ice cream out of a freezer and then put it back in the freezer, it gets 15 million views. Like, really? Is that simple? Is <laughs> that simple? And then here comes my video. I'm a dance comes after that. Oh, I just happened to, oh, this is a Coogee rap video. This That's a nobody. So, you know, it's just the way it is. And I'm cool with it. You know, as long as we're still here, we're still making money, um, this genre is a very addicted to um, genre of music. It's, it, it kills me. You go around the world, especially Europe, especially the European market, it's crazy. They just love this stuff. They eat it up, you know, and I get these, and it, it encourages me because people hear it, and I get these random DMs every day. 
I had to stop screenshotting them because I had hundreds of them. Wow. People telling me, you know, people sending me videos of them, you know, uh, riding around in cars, listening to my music that they would record themselves and send it to me. It, it's, it feels great. And people that you don't think even would listen. I have one. She's drop dead gorgeous. The type of woman you would not believe would even. She was right. I redid a, a Pete Rock joint, Reminisce Over You, for Sean Price. And um, I flipped Reminisce Over You. I used the same sample. And uh, it's Rusty Jooks and Rock and his monster. Sean Price, of course, from Helter Skelter, that was Rock's partner. Right. And, um, you know, Pete heard it and was like, this is the illest flip of my own beat I've ever heard. Wow. Next thing you know, we in the video, me and Pete Rock riding around in the miles riding together. You know, he co-signed me on his stuff. Wow. You know, had it on his gram. Yeah, it's called uh, uh, VSOP Sean Price. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I love to hear that. That's that's really dope. Yeah, for sure. Well, definitely just, you know, want to let everybody know about where can we find you know your newest album and where can we find you on social media and everything well it's uh, Amadeus 360 the B King you know I also go by you can look up either one Amadeus 360 Amadeus 360 the B King um on Instagram and uh the new album can drop uh, last Friday um the 12th it's long. It's got a lot of people on it, man. I got one on there with videos, too. Uh, um, I got the cat from the Boondocks to do one of them. He was a cartoonist for the Boondocks. Okay. Um, so that's called How to Block Sound. That was the leading one. That's M.O.P. featuring iFresh and Razzcast. Check okay. the video out. It's crazy, yeah. Okay, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, we got a... Uh, you know, of course, terminology, uh, Black Moon, uh, Buckshot and Evil D, Warfare. That's a video. That one's out. Um, Sticky Fingers. Um, I got another MOP joint on there with Billy, Fame, and Tef, Teflon. Shout out to Teflon. Um, Tragedy, Gaddafi. You know, shout out to Drink Champs, Nori, everybody okay. out there. Okay. You know, everybody knows the war report. So, you know, I got the tragedy himself. Uh, whispers from D-Block. Of course, I said before, uh, Rotten's Monster. Uh, Keith Murray. Okay, okay. All right, uh, now, all right. Yeah, it's, it's a lot on there. I'd have to Very major. It. Yeah, yeah. It's all somebody's that most definitely. Uh, Gorilla Nims. You know, he hot right now. Shout out to Nims. F your life. Okay. Don't ever disrespect me. Uh, Lil D, up and coming MC, young young kid out of Coney Island. Okay. Yes, yeah, a lot of people on this album. I'd have to sit here and really rack. It's 18 tracks. Uh, Master Ace, Elder Sensei, Craig G. Pretty much everybody that Eminem mentioned at the Hip Hop Honors when he got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is who I got on this album. That's what's up. That's what's up. 
So where can we find the albums? We make sure that- It's on all platforms. All you got to do is put Amadeus 360, the NPC Jedi. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, it's me and, you know, with a- uh, It's a cartoon pic of me wearing a cloak with a Jedi sword and an NPC. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I'm well, a huge Star Wars fan, so- I see. Word. I see in the background. Yeah. <laughs> yes so everyone please go out and definitely support this album sounds like it's so dope definitely something that you're gonna want to check out and before we wrap it up is there any shout outs that you want to give just shout out to all the fans really i mean look if it wasn't for you guys we couldn't eat you know and uh you know you are keeping this genre of music alive it's it's you. It's the fa- at the end of the day, it's the fans, and we need to be there for the fans, and and that's why I put my heart into everything I do. I don't do anything that's fly by night that you would forget. None of my stuff sounds like nothing else, and so it can't be forgotten. You understand when they played my um sheet loose joint and fame and terminology joint when uh uh. K Slate, you know, when K Slate played it on High 97, it didn't sound like nothing else on the radio. Of course, he passed away. Rest in peace, K Slate, my brother. You know, that was crazy because, like, we had just got him to, you know, it was really weird. We had just got him. And then three days later, he, you know, yeah, he's in the hospital. Wow. And then I run into him. We took a pic together. Is this, you know, somewhere? And then we seen each other in Edward Edgewater. He was there for my Rusty Jooks video. Wow. Yes, yeah, it's, it's crazy. We losing people. Yeah, that you know, I was about to work with Fred the Godson. Yeah. Yeah. They got him. Man. Yeah. It it yeah it hip hop definitely had some some losses for sure that 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 hurt. Definitely yeah, shout hurt. out to my brothers True Goy, uh, Granddaddy IU. They both passed also. Mm-hmm. I was working with Granddaddy IU when he left, and uh, I did get to I redid Stasis High, um, tribute to De La Soul and Dilla because I I told True Goy and Paz I was gonna do that. And it felt really good to, you know, uh, True Boy put it on their story and their timeline, the mm. video. So mm. he did get to see it before he passed. And it felt really good to see his response to it because it's uh, we owe them. Definitely. Yes. And and um, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that makes my heart feel good that, you know, got a chance to, you know, hear that and see that before, you know, he passed away. That That is what a wonderful honor, you know, to be able to say that. Most definitely. Yes. Well, I just want to tell you, it's been such a great conversation and I really enjoyed this interview, like seriously. And um, yes, anytime you are welcome back, we most definitely going to be, you know, um, playing some from off of uh, your album in PC Jedi. And again, it was so wonderful having you with us today. Thank you so much again. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yes. All right. Well, again, this is the Boom Bap Hour. Keep a lot. Don't go anywhere.